Good morning, everyone, or maybe good afternoon. I don't know when it is that you're listening to us, but welcome back to Life on the Vine. I'm Jackson, and I'm here with Hutch. Good to be here, Jackson. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And we are here in the Hannah C. Howard studio. Yes, we are. And Ignite the Sun is out, and it is on the Oklahoma bestsellers list. That's right, for for children and youth. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But we just like to say the Oklahoma yeah, bestseller yeah, exactly. list. Yeah, exactly. Is there any other Oklahoma bestseller list? I don't know. Not that I've heard of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, unimportant. Very exciting. Details. Very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, but um, things are going good. Have things changed around your house? You know, uh, every day is a little different, right? We got, uh, I think probably listeners know, but we have Edmund, who's almost six months old. And so, every day is a new adventure. And then... Uh, Obviously, Hannah had her book released, and that's been fun and exciting, and she's gotten to do some, everything's online these days, but has gotten to do some online conversations to promote that, and is uh, actually starting to work on a new manuscript as well, so that's exciting. Ooh, that is exciting. I can't really divulge much uh, about it, but it's uh, another, it is not a sequel, it's uh, not, it's in a different world. Different world. Different world, but uh, she's excited about it, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Parallel world? Or like completely you know, not I, in the same universe. You know, I, I need to check in with her. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if she has ultimate plans to do a Brandon Sanderson and pull everything into the multi multiverse. Is that what they call it? No. I don't know. He Cosmere? Had, Cosmere. Cosmere. That's the word. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. So we've been talking about stories the last couple of times together. Yeah. Well, the last time was... Uh, a little while ago, right? It was a little while ago. Yes. Yes, yes that's true. Sorry it, about that. Yeah. We you know, we appreciate our the patience of you, our listeners, and um, you know, with coronavirus and with both of us having little kids, we have not been as consistent and jobs. And jobs, right. And things like <laughs> actually starting back up. Yeah, exactly. We are doing more stuff back in person here at the church, and so we've been a little bit off schedule with the podcast but here's our plan for the fall is that every other week we commit to having an episode Episode. out into the universe yes and i'm gonna give myself because i do uh the the back end editing after we record i'm gonna give myself a little wiggle room so usually i shoot for tuesday but if it's wednesday yeah you know give me a little grace here okay so so we, as long as you're subscribed, it shouldn't matter because you'll get boom that notification, notification exactly when it when it uh, uh, a new episode comes on. So one make of the sure many you subscribe good reasons and then, to subscribe. Yeah, yeah. So and and we may do episodes weekly here and there, but um, but our commitment to you is to have an episode every other week. Yeah, that's correct. That's that's something we can manage. So um, thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for if you're just starting in and and listening to us. Thanks for giving us a try and yeah uh, for those of you who are just starting in life on the vine what we're trying to do here uh what hutch and i are doing here is that we just want to kind of dive into the world of christian living and what it means to live life connected to christ yeah so if you haven't listened go listen to episode one that kind of gives the foundation for what life on the vine is but we touch on that every single episode yeah we try to always bring it back to Who is Jesus? Who are we? What does it mean to be in relationship with him? And and I think, I mean, that's 
the foundation for what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And is. we're continuing that sort of what the last few episodes, again, we're a while back, but on story and this time talking a little bit about our stories and your story. But we believe that we all have a story. And as we've uh, said the last couple of times, our stories are connected to the big story, to the big story of what God's doing, God's, um, this, this beautiful love story of, of God's creation of the world and God's creation of us and God's and our running away from God and then God seeking us out again and again and ultimately coming to us in the person of Jesus and this this beautiful story of God's never giving up on us, even though we often seem worthy of giving up on. God oh, yeah. never gives up on us. Yeah. And that's the great good news. And uh, he uh, he puts himself out there and invites us to to receive him. But we're, we also have our own stories that are kind of, that are get woven into that big story. And that's what we want to talk a little bit about today. We do want to talk about our own stories. Yes. And we will do that. So you'll get to hear a little bit about what God's done in my life and what God's done in Dan's life, Hutch's life. Um, either, I'm either so one. confused. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> um, but I think that it's also just kind of important, like you said, for the listener that they are a part of the story. And when we talked right. about Hannah, I think, or when we talked with Hannah uh, C. Howard, <laughs> it was really really poignant that she pointed out that that when she writes a book when she authors a book which her debut book just came out uh she expects the reader to join in the um oh what was the word that she used it wasn't creatorship but it was yeah sort of uh, the authorship uh, or maybe it was a co-creatorship right yeah so there's like the the reader is participating in what the story actually becomes. Right. Yeah. But the author, she's the author and she has ultimate say of where the book is going to go. Right. Right. So just in the same way, God is the author. Hmm. He has ultimate authority on the story. Right. But he doesn't just dictate the story. And that's that he invites us into the story. Right. 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 And so then we, kind of join we are invited in to join in to the story and and he uses us to bring about his ends and bring about his glory and so whether we realize it or not listener whether you've realized it or not god has been at work in and through you right right yeah absolutely absolutely so dan i think it might be helpful before we jump into our stories How would one go about talking about their testimony? Yeah, that's a great question. And so, so I just a couple of things I want to say, and just sort of by way of reiteration, but for our listeners, for us, I think it's important to know that we all have a story, and then you use the word testimony, and testimony is sort of a specific story that points to something that God has done. Right, so when we talk about a testimony, we're talking about sort of a unique aspect of our story and how that story can teach us, can teach someone else about God. And I just, I think it's important to know that all of us have a testimony mm-hmm. because I, I grew up in a tradition, and not even necessarily in my church, but just sort of the, the the wider culture where when I thought of testimony, I thought someone that grew up 
and was doing hard drugs and alcohol and was sort of living the high life for someone that was near death and then boom god got a hold of them and brought them back from the brink and and now they're on fire for jesus and they're kind of going to youth meetings and talking about hey don't go down this path i've been there you know i was in prison whatever it is and and i didn't have that testimony you know i I was like i i grew up in the church i was sort of a good church kid most of my life and obviously i had sin and stuff like that but not in that same sort of dramatic way Mm -hmm. and so i think it took me a, a while to realize that i do have a testimony and i do have a story because i'm in relationship with with god and god's been at work in my life and so i think just to first off to recognize that you do have a testimony yeah because god is at work in your life god is at work um shaping you and god is at work through you as well and and i think the other thing then is to be attentive and i and i think in some ways maybe in the i think in in our so we're we're part of the presbyterian church jackson and i we work at a presbyterian church mm-hmm. and the presbyterian church in my experience and i didn't grow up in the presbyterian church doesn't necessarily emphasize testimony in the same way that some other traditions do that's correct. I grew up in the Presbyterian yeah. Church. Um, and while it is here and there is sharing of testimony, you're right. It's not emphasized as yeah. much as even when I went and visited friends' churches or when I went off to college and, and had a, a different experience with the Acts 29 church. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. there's different emphasis put on testimony. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think just a, a realization, I do have a testimony, you do have a testimony, and then sort of the question of, am I aware, am I paying attention to what God is doing? And both in terms of the here and now, as I, as I go throughout my day, am I, am I aware, am I conscious of, am I looking for the ways in which God is at work, in which God is, is leading me? Um you know, who is God leading me to? How is God working in and through the conversations that I'm having? But also sort of the, the, the past perspective of what has God done? And I think in, in a tradition that doesn't necessarily emphasize testimony as much, sometimes we don't take the time to actually look back and say, what has God done in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, how has God been at, at work? And that's really important. I, I, you know, I want to think through the scriptures, how often... God speaks of the past, you know, and and beginning Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments, I am the God who brought you, past tense, out of Egypt, right? I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. It's all of these past things that God has done, and the people of God have always been rooted and had their their life kind of founded upon the past action of God because we know God doesn't change. And so as God was the same yesterday, he's the same today and he will be the same forever. And that's, again, part of testimony is recognizing that it's the same God who was at work in our life as a kid, who was at work in our life when we were in you know, adolescence, whatever it was, college, young adulthood, and into uh, the later parts of life. And and God is at work. And so sometimes we just don't even think about that. We don't, we don't look for how God was at work. And so I think that's, um, if we're going to have a testimony, 
then we need to actually look. We need to be attentive. We need to ask the question, what has God been doing? Yeah. What has God been up to? Well, and I'm going to back up for a second when you talked about testimony and what it actually is. Yeah. And I think even in scripture, we see kind of a draw and a and a lean towards the dramatic testimony. So we right. see right. very central figures like Paul who had a like the most dramatic yeah. conversion, yeah. Right. That, right. you know, that is that has happened, right? Um and it's because he's vocal and we, we a lot of scripture is written by him and so he draws right. on his testimony yes. personally, right? Yes, he does. Yeah. Um but then we also see Peter, like and we hear lots of Peter stories and he's kind of this dramatic figure of yeah. the the disciples, right? But, you know, if you're Matthew or if you're James the Lesser, yeah. <laughs> like, don't you still want to hear their story? Yeah. Like, they were there with yes. Jesus and walking with him. Yes. Like, it's yeah. not a discounted story. Right. Yes. Right. Peter, his his testimony is exciting, you know, because yeah. he's got lots of up and downs. Yeah. You know, Paul yeah. is, like, super into being Jewish, and then yeah. he's, like, super into Jesus, yeah. you know, kind of like um, what you were saying. Yeah. But... I want to hear Steady Eddie too. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. um, you know, and, and then you, you also got Thomas in there that's got doubts. And so we, yeah. we, we hear those stories um, and we hear those testimonies. We see those in scripture and what's not really reflected are, you know, those who walk alongside of him and are, are, and there are mentions of them yeah. in Acts. Yeah. You know, there are mentions of the people who are helping the church in Jerusalem who walked right. with Jesus and they're helping right. Right. people and they're helping the church grow and flourish, just not in the same dramatic sense, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, like, great, great point. You have, you have Peter, you have Paul, you have John. I mean, I think John would be sort of that steady Eddie. Yeah. John is the disciple who, you know, he claims himself as the disciple who Jesus loved. And I, and I think that in part he's inviting us to take that mantle upon ourselves too, that we as the disciples of Jesus are the disciples whom Jesus loved. But, you know, John is tremendously influential, but you never get the same sort of doubt of, of Thomas or denial of Peter or getting knocked on your butt of Paul Mm -hmm. with, with John, you know, it seems to be more of just a, slow, long obedience in the same direction to use the Eugene Peterson title. Mm-hmm. And and I, and I think wherever we are and whoever you are and whatever your story is, I think that's what we're trying to say is um, your story is not going to look like one for one someone else's necessarily. And right. that's okay, right? Yeah. God, God has given you a unique story and everyone's story is is unique to them. And there are as many unique stories as there are followers of Christ, which and, I'm grateful for, yeah. as as someone who does youth ministry, right? Okay, I have a ton of leaders that help come walk alongside these these students, right? Right. And if we were all had the story of Paul, or all had the story of Peter, if they were all like me, yeah. then my youth group would be my youth group. It's not my youth group, but the youth group that I work in, yeah, would be. It would look a lot like me right and then that's right. not like really 
serving anything really well. Yeah. So I have lots of different leaders who have lots of different experiences in their right. own unique story and their own unique walk with Christ yeah. that can reach kids that I can't because right. they have right. common interests. They've had, you know, their parents died when they were young or right. Right. their, you know, they walked through a huge season of doubt or whatever it is. Right. Like they connect with students right. at different levels personally and through their faith walk. Yeah. So having yeah. a story that's not what you think your story should be or what a mm. cool testimony is, is I'm, I'm going to call you out, listener. I'm going to call <laughs> you out, people. It's selfish yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Because God will use, he'll use you for however he's going right. to use you, right. right? And so we don't know what that actually is going to look like. Maybe it's 10 years down the road so that you can you know, walk alongside some youth yeah. who's going through the exact same pressure or the exact yeah. same walk that you've walked down. It may not be flashy or dramatic, but right. it's useful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I totally agree. Um, and I, I think this is too where we get into our view of God's sovereignty and we haven't talked, we, we've talked some about the nature of God. We'll talk more about it, but I think that colors everything that we believe. And we believe that, you know, God doesn't waste anything, that there, there's not this sort of like, oops with God. Well, too bad that happened. I mean, God is able to use and to to orchestrate and to, um, yeah, God God doesn't waste our stories. Yeah. And, and someone needs to hear your story. That's right. And I don't know who it is, and you don't know who it is, but God does. And so to have an awareness of what is my story and then to be uh, learn to kind of be comfortable sharing your story is something that God will use, confident of that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I think you originally asked me sort of how do you put together your story or what oh, are some yeah, of the yeah. elements of the story, yeah. and I didn't I didn't answer that at all. That's okay. Um, so I'm going to throw it back at you. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, for our listeners, and if you're kind of putting together your your testimony, thinking what is my testimony, um, how do you how do you go about thinking through that and putting together something that you know my, my I've lived for 34 almost 35 years. And I don't know that most people would sit through, you know, a detailed account of 35 years of yeah. my life. Even, you know, the people that love me dearly would probably not do that. Yeah. So uh, how do you go about putting together a testimony? Yeah. So one of the things that um, has helped me tremendously in that was um, I did a um, study that Tim Keller wrote on Galatians. Hmm. And he points out that the very first thing that Paul does in the book of Galatians, like the very first paragraph, you know, he greets the Galatians and yeah. then he goes into what kind of looks like his qualifications for writing the letter. Right. But really what it is, 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 is his testimony. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we can read lots of other books in the Bible where we get different accounts of Paul's testimony, but this one is mm. much more like to the point. Yeah. Right. Right. And so it's very succinct and it gets the point across of I'm chief sinner and whatever is good in me, God has done yeah. because these are the bad things that I've done. And if God's grace is good enough for me, 
to forgive my sins, then it's good enough for you. So let's get to what that looks like in you and in your church and why there's encouragement. So um, I, I say that because I'm a super wordy person (laughs) and I talk a lot and um, I can take what is like supposed to be a 15 minute lesson and I can turn it into a 45 minute lesson. And then it's, you know, it's a true gift. It's a true gift. It is a gift. Not very many people appreciate it, but it's a gift. <laughs> That's why we have this podcast, because both of us have more words than we know what to do with. Yeah. Um, so, it, as much as I love to talk, I want to be effective. Right. 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 And so, there's a couple of key points. And one of them is to know your audience. And you may mm-hmm. not actually know your audience, but know what's appropriate for the time and the place, right? Right, right. Um, And a lot of that will be relying on the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. um, and relying on body language, too, um, being observant of the person that you're telling. Um, But even though God has done amazing things and has been working through my entire life, Mm -hmm. not every person needs or definitely wants to know, you know, well, you know, let's go back to when I was born. I was born, yeah. you know, right. at this hospital in this town. And yeah. sometimes when you're telling a story, that context context is really important right. and can kind of paint a picture. Yeah. But I think one of the most useful things for your testimony, I think that that's useful when you are reflecting back on what God has done in your mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. I think that everyone needs to do that as a practice. Look right. back from day one, right. maybe even before you were born, and how God yes. was yeah. working in your life to bring yeah. you about, yeah. to put you in the family that he put you in, yeah. and then what has happened from there and yeah. how that has shaped kind of how how God, what road you've yeah. gone down yeah. since, right? Yeah. So I think that's super important. But when we're talking about giving our testimony, let's do all that research on our own, right? Let's do all of (laughs) that uh, self-assessment and assessment of what God has done in our life on our own. And it's super important too. It's a cool exercise to write that down. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. And maybe share it with one or two people that, you know, you'd be like, okay, well, is this going to take an hour and a half? Yeah. Are you willing? Yeah. Yeah. That, do that. But then when you're just sharing your testimony to someone or to a group or to um, maybe even a stranger or a coworker or something like mm-hmm. that, it's really helpful to have a, I want to say five minute, but it's that's not realistic for me in particular, but like a seven minute, a 12 yeah. minute and a 20 minute. Yeah. When I might say testimony, you know, shoot for five ten fifteen yeah right if, if you if you say those are the numbers you're going for inevitably uh, that's not that's not true not ev- not everyone is as loquacious as you and me some people <laughs> some people uh a five minute testimony is actually a two minute testimony yeah that's true so you you know yourself though right yeah so that's part of the self-assessment as part of the self-assessment yeah so then that that's kind of what we're shooting for. Have yeah. a 5, 10, 15 minute testimony. And then if that invites questions or if that invites conversation, 
then you can go dive deeper into what God has done. But we're talking about just kind of what Paul does at the beginning of Galatians. Here's my synopsis, or here's what um, it might be his kind of like Romans picture, which would be like his 10-minuter. And then you have like the book of Acts, which would be more detailed and kind of brings in other people and, and yeah. all this. So that's kind of more of his 20 minute right? right? Yeah. So that's what we're shooting for. Yeah. And then I think what's really helpful to get to those points is to realize that there are different themes mm-hmm. that you can pull from. Right. And so that it's not just this rambling which I tend to do. It's not this this rambling connecting of dots, but you're sharing your story to say, you know, this is how God has been faithful to me in my mm-hmm. life, or this is where God has comforted me in times of mm-hmm. trial. This is yeah. this is the testimony of God bringing me back into the fold, or this is the testimony of of God's provision in my mm-hmm. life, right? All of those right. things, very true if we're going through the ultra-detailed Jackson life, right? But maybe it's not applicable for the person that I'm talking to. Right. Um, and so hitting on one point or one theme of your testimony of how God has worked through your life yeah. can really help you focus in and and deliver an effective testimony yeah. right yeah yeah and sometimes um you know, a couple of things that i've been i don't know encouraged to do over the years one is if, if there's a particular verse that you think sort of sums up um a one of those themes in your life and and so you know god's consistent working in my life so one of the verses that i like to start with is uh, Philippians 1 verse 6 that I'm, I'm confident of this that the one who began a good work in you will carry it to completion in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ and so just that that idea of God begins the work God continues the work God will finish the work and with that sort of the theme of trust trusting that the God who began will complete it and so that can kind of carry you through mm-hmm. and sort of bring your thoughts together um, also one of the things I was encouraged to do at some point is to the idea of like um, three, three smooth stones or like three, what are the three points in your life that are connected? Not the whole, every experience in yeah. your life, but what are three themes, three things that happen in your life that kind of can tie your story together. And, and again, people then can ask questions and they can um, be invited to, dig in a little deeper into your story, but, but just as a starting point. Um, and sometimes yeah. depending on the, on the length of it, it might just be one experience. Um, maybe the three might be more for like the 15, 20 minute. Right. So, right. Um, testimony, but. So since we are also working on a timetable because we have staff chapel. Yeah. Uh, in 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, how about we try to give some examples of our stories in our five minute versions yeah sure right so yeah perfect knowing that we both have lots more to talk about yes within our particular stories um 
And I keep, I keep saying, and we keep saying our stories, which really it's God's story right, right. working through you, right? right. And that's, right. that takes a lot of the fear out of sharing, mm-hmm. I think, is that when it's about me, I'm never going to live up to it, right? Right. Well, you know, it's not about you. It's it's about God and God being glorified through your story. Yeah. So, shall I start or shall you start? Uh, either way, go for it. Okay. Yeah. I'll go for it. So, I asked Jesus to be Lord of my life when I was in third grade, when I was at camp. Hmm. Um, and that was a very moving and powerful experience for me because I didn't, I knew that I didn't understand, but I took that step anyway. Right. Yeah. I said, you know, this is something that I want. Right. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going for it. Um, and you know, I was a good kid. And when I, um, was, that was when I was in third grade when I was in fifth grade, fourth grade, yeah, fourth grade, my parents went on a mission trip to Honduras. So they both went together. Um, and I was, you know, churched, mm. but kind of just nominally, a little bit more than just nominally, right? And when they came back from Honduras, things really changed in my mm. household. And not in an explicit way, but Mm. in a lot of subtle ways. Mm. Um, And we just started to be more regular in worship, in Sunday school. Um, Things just started to kind of feel different Mm. um, coming from my parents. I mean, they were wonderful human beings before (laughs) they went on that uh, mission trip. Uh, But things had just kind of changed, and I wasn't really sure what that was. Uh, Come to find out, it's the Holy Spirit at work in and through them. Yeah. Um, but when I was in seventh or eighth grade, um, my brother was playing on a basketball team. And then, uh, there was a kid who was on that basketball team who, um, didn't have a place to go or whose parents weren't around when they came back from a tournament. So, he ended up coming to stay with us for a while. Well, one kid turned into two kids, turned into three kids. And so I grew up with three people who were not my siblings in my house. Um, and they were in my house all the time. And I didn't know any different. I didn't know that that was weird. I didn't know that that was something that people didn't really do. Um, but they they lived with us. And they lived with us on and off at varying degrees throughout uh, until they graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into all the details there, but it, it showed me a lots of different things. It definitely took some things from childhood selfishly, you know, mm-hmm. focus was not on me. Attention was yeah. not on me. It was on someone else, but that was a great lesson that God was teaching me through my parents was that it wasn't about me that I was okay and that I had been provided for and through my cup being full and overflowing. The point is not more, 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 more. Give me more Jesus so I can just continue to overflow. Give me more blessings so I can continue to overflow. The point is to focus on others, Mm. right? Yeah. 
And so um, I had my own personal struggles and doubts uh, in high school uh, when it came to uh, came to Jesus. Some people who know me knew me in high school. Uh, it's really funny to them that I ended up being a youth pastor <laughs> because that was not always reflected in who I used to be. Right? <laughs> uh, Jesus has a funny way of changing you. Right? That's true, and um, that's a good thing. Uh, but uh, when I was in a senior, I was freaked out about going to college. So I decided to pray and I had a non-existent prayer life before that. Um, I decided to pray, you know, you have to go with me, God, to college. I want to go to college where you want me to go to college because I do not want to do this alone. Like I've done my life on my own so far, but this freaks me out. No, thank you. Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? And I'd ask every night before I went to bed, and I don't know what I was expecting in an answer, but I got an answer. I woke up in the middle of the night one night and it was just like the room was reverberating and like I could feel it in my body. It was just Romania. And I had been on a mission trip to Romania mm-hmm. the two years before. So this was kind of familiar to me. And I just had this feeling like, oh, I'm supposed to go to Romania whoa okay this is crazy so i call up my friend hey michael i think god wants me to go to romania he's like okay cool do it and i'm like no you don't understand he's like no i do understand do it so then i call up my youth pastor same thing surprise he answers the phone hey josh i think i'm supposed to go to romania oh sweet do it i'm like no you don't understand no i understand perfectly fine go to romania so i have that conversation with my parents somehow always been very college focused. Mm -hmm. This is the expectation. You go to college. And I was very nervous to have that conversation because I was like, I don't want to go to college. I think that I'm supposed to go to Romania. And they were both like, okay, cool. Let's see if we can make this happen. So I spent the summer. uh, My idea was to go for a year. Their idea was for me to spend 90 days on a visa in Romania and then come back and figure out if that's actually what I wanted to do. Mm. So I went and I spent the summer in Romania, uh, working for a, um, organization and my parents came over. There was lots of stuff that happened personally with me Mm. too. Um, while I was over there in my relationship with God. Um, but my parents came over for two weeks to 10 days to just hang out and visit and through that, they met uh, a girl named Pommy, who was in the orphanage that the organization that I was working for was uh, running, right? And so then my mom had been to Romania before, but fast forward a few years, my family ends up going back to Romania, someone from my family every single year, mm-hmm. maybe multiple times a year to go see Pommy and her sister, Gabby. Mm. Um, and eventually there's lots of stuff that has to do with legalities of things, but eventually they come to the United States to live with my family. Um, and so, uh, that's just one way that God used me to grow my family the mm. way that God has used my parents consistently, mm. um, which is, been really cool for me to kind of be a part of 
um, to, to give of ourselves, to give of the resources that we've been blessed with, to give of the resources I've been personally blessed with to other people. Um, and God really used my parents to teach me how to live, how to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Mm. I do a lot of talking. I'm really good at talking. Um, but it's harder to walk the walk, uh, and put your money where your mouth is. And, um, they did that and they're not perfect people. Uh, I'm not a perfect person. Um, there are things that I would do differently. Uh, there are things that they would do differently, but the fact of the matter is, is that, um, I got to be a part, a player in that of, 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 uh, seeing a call, um, and, um, acting on it, acting on a prompting. So anyway, that's one of the themes, um, that is kind of the selfless living and the giving Mm -hmm. of yourself and your time and your Mm -hmm. resources especially in a, in a society that is surrounded about self care and is very self focused. Yeah. Um, that was a huge thing that God did to just broaden my mindset Mm. to, to look at others before myself. And it's very common, excuse me here, especially in Tulsa. And it's a, it's a nationwide thing, but the I'm third movement Mm -hmm. and I hear a lot of people talk about it. Um, but I've seen very few people, walk that walk Mm. actually yeah um and my parents did it in a very tangible way right right so like we can do that in a less in less tangible tangible ways in our personal lives but anyway that was supposed to be my five minute version and i did a 10 minute version so that's okay yeah 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 it wasn't wasn't too much longer yeah Woo. cool all right daniel jackson yeah i will i will keep mine too Five minute, yeah. Sure. Uh, hopefully, sure hopefully. you will. <laughs> so, I want to talk a little bit about the theme of grace in my story. So, not going back to the very, very beginning, but I was born to a pastor. So, uh, my dad was a pastor for a number of years before I was born, and then we. Uh, he and my mom pastored and uh, served a church in the Seattle area for the first 12 years of my life, which was pretty influential uh, on me in a number of different areas and ways. But one of the things, and I don't know exactly how I picked this up, but pretty early on, I sort of came to, to see and to realize and just kind of picked up that whatever I did reflected on my parents. And... I got this sort of thing into my head early on that I really needed to toe the line of obedience and behavior. And, and I do think obedience is important. I'm not uh, poo-pooing that. That's a, a good thing. But I, I remember at a, it was a, it was a after baseball season or t-ball season, probably t-ball season, little get together with some of the families. And they knew that I was a, you know, Christian knew my dad was a pastor and uh, I, I guess I tried to instigate a food fight because food nice. fights are awesome. You know, yeah. it was the end of the year we were outside and I distinctly remember, and this is, you know, 20, 
I don't know, 24 years ago, one of the other moms saying, you, the kid with the halo over your head? And, and I don't know, I think she meant it as a joke, but what I took from that was like, oh, I cannot step out of line. I need to, I need to toe the line. I cannot do anything that might sort of besmirch my parents' reputation or anything that might, maybe, maybe that might um, sort of smear God or something like that. But I just need to, my actions are super, super important. And then sort of what that did for me as I got older was I'm already sort of naturally a bit of a perfectionist and it just meant that I, I, I really lived without even necessarily knowing it according to a sense of of law and, and I never would I never would have said that I'm like it's what I do that makes me right with God or that I need to earn God's love or I need to earn God's I need to earn salvation I never would have said that but I think that in reality I believed that mm-hmm. and and not even on an explicit level but on an implicit level I, I really believed and I think I lived according to the reality that, that I need to be good enough for God. And I need to be good enough in order for God to love me. And I need to be, I need to reach a certain threshold of goodness for other people to love me too. And I was really, really afraid of rejection. I was really, really afraid of people sort of walking out on my life if I didn't toe the line. And again, I don't know, my parents, I love my parents dearly. I don't think that they ever reinforce that in any capacity. I really think it was, um, and I love the church that we, that my parents served at, but I really think it was more other voices in the best of intentions. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what went into that, but what I heard just sort of reinforced that message. And, and so it just, it, it, uh, it's been a really challenging thing for me over the years to understand and come to learn that, as Paul says in Ephesians, it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. Because I really felt like I, I needed to do this. I needed to earn my own salvation, and and I needed to be I needed to be perfect. And in some sense, I think I expected myself to be perfect. I expected myself to be able to live up to a certain ideal. And you know, I read in scripture, Jesus says, be holy as I'm holy. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> let's be holy as you are holy and be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And I was like, okay, let's be perfect. And and so coming to grips with my sin and coming to grips with my frailty and and coming to grips with the reality that, that I... I need grace and that that's okay has just been a a long journey. I had a youth pastor, senior of high school named Sean. And, and I remember sort of having that conversation with, with him. And, and, you know, one of the things about law and one of the things about sort of living according to this sort of perfectionist code is that it becomes, I found for myself, I think you see it in the new Testament with the Pharisees is it becomes very self-focused and I remember one of the conversations he had with me is like, you know, a lot of the answers, like you, 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 you have this knowledge, but you're not really doing anything with it. Like you're, um, you know, how is this, how is this actually going to live out in your life in terms of like loving people and looking outside of yourself? Because I think that all of this pressure had made me very self-focused. And so, um, 
yeah, over, over the years as um, going through college, and it was really into into grad school, and I did end up doing a master's in theology, and I was reading Augustine, and, and Augustine was my gateway into Reformed theology. He was my, I wouldn't be Presbyterian if I had not first read Augustine, and and part of what Augustine uh, does so beautifully in his book, The Confessions, and in other parts of his life is just paints the picture of human brokenness and human sin and his own brokenness and his own sin and the amazing, mysterious grace of God. And I think it was in in sort of reading, beginning to read Augustine and, and beginning to wrestle with some of these ideas of, of, of grace and forgiveness and sovereignty that I, I came to in some sense, be okay with my sin. Not in the sense of sin's fine, don't worry about it, but in the sense of I'm a sinner and that's okay because that's why Jesus came. He came for the lost. He came to seek and save the lost. He didn't come, you know, Jesus says, it's not the, the it's not the well that need a doctor, it's the sick. And, and, and to realize, oh yeah, that's me, I'm the sick. And it's actually I, I I am the sick and to and I need Jesus. I need Jesus to to enter into my life. And I think that that's something that I continue to wrestle with. I think as a as a pastor for the last seven years, it's really really easy to continue to want to strive and achieve by my own strength, by my own power, by my own goodness. It's easy to want to you know, I'm putting together a sermon just to be focused on self and what am I going to do? And what's the impact that this is going to have? And, and how am I living in a way that other people kind of see what a Christian life should be? And, and it's easy to lose sight of the fact that I'm doing this only in and through the strength and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of the Spirit. And this is really not of my own doing. This is a gift of God, and it's not of work, so there's no room for boasting. So uh, grace is something, this is sort of a continuing testimony. (laughs) It's an ongoing testimony. But I have, um, by God's grace, I have become much more comfortable with grace, and I'm very grateful for grace. Um, And so, but but I have also found that some of the sins of youth do not immediately go away. Yeah. And God's grace is sufficient. And so I rest in his grace, but this will, it's just a, it's a continuing every once in a while. It's not every day, but every once in a while I catch myself trying to live according to the law. Yeah. And then I just read Galatians or Romans and uh galatians go read it people gets slapped upside the head and get reminded that his grace is sufficient so um that'd be one 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 theme in my life yeah thanks for sharing yeah and i i like how what we just shared in our two stories they reflect us in our personalities pretty well yeah and our walks yeah in particular because uh, uh you have have walked through the um Kind of legalism mindset. Yeah, I definitely walked through the license sort of mindset, <laughs> uh, which you didn't really get from the story that I just shared. Yeah. Um, but in in essence, both of our stories, yours was focused on grace. Mine was focused on kind of God's providence and how He worked. Yeah, not not even 
in my life personally necessarily, but in the periphery of my life and how I got to be involved in that. Um, It was about realizing that it's not about us. Right. You know? Yeah. And, And that's what I want you guys to focus on too when you're talking about your stories. There's a few things and that I think can be really helpful that people can get kind of down on mm. in their testimonies. One, I think people, I mentioned my conversion when I was in third grade. I think mm. a lot of people minimize their conversion because mm. they have a conversion experience where they submit to God. And then oftentimes that's in their youth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or when they're really young. And they make a lot of mistakes. So they think there's no way that God's been working in my life or God has been sanctifying me through this process because I've done all these bad things. And it's really, we go, I think, through stages of conversion and then kind of a molding period. And then I think both you and I, and maybe we'll be, we'll go through more molding periods. But I think we've both have kind of, come out of that necessarily molding period and we're more in a refining period at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that when we look at our own testimonies, don't be be so critical of yourself uh, or to discount what God has done Mm. of like, oh, that wasn't really a conversion when I was in third grade because I didn't really start following God until I was 21 years old or 20 years old like me, right? So that's, that's not you're just discounting a huge chunk of what God has done in your life to bring you to that point where you actually submit lordship to him eventually in your life. Right. So it's all a part of your testimony there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add that just because that's something that I've found helpful. Yeah. And you, I mean, and again, you need encouragement. Look at the people of Israel. Yeah. They're called, they are covenanted to God and then they do a lot of crazy stuff. Abraham's the same way. Peter, who we've talked about, you know, he he has been called. He's in relationship with Jesus, and it's after that, that there's the denial and and all all of that. And um, so I, I you know I think yeah that's just good. Those and God's at, God's at work in in and through it all. I think that's that's one of the things that is so easy to lose sight of. Mm-hmm. Um, when we say Psalm 23, God is with us in the valley of the shadow of death. I think that's, that's not just speaking about physical death, though that's true, but also even in moments of like spiritual darkness and decay, the, the dark night of the soul, and like God is still with us. God is still able to, to, to take that and take those experiences to work in and through them um, in ways that we could po- probably never imagine. And so, yeah, I think that's really, really important. Really important. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time for uh, listening to us share about a little bit about how God has been at work in our life and through our life. Um, I hope that you found it interesting. I hope that you know us a little bit more and yeah. you'll get more of our stories through the smatterings of the different things um, that we talk about here in the future. But um, again, you have a story. So don't go out and do your research, you know, self-reflect, but then share it. Yeah. Share it with somebody because yeah. what good is a good story, which I think all stories that involve 
Jesus Christ are good stories. Yes. They're stories of redemption. They're stories uh, that just bring about hope and light. Share a good story. Don't hide it. Don't keep it inside. It's not for you. It's not your story. It's his story. Yeah. So go out and share it with somebody. Yeah. And ask and ask someone to share their story with you. Yeah. What an honor that is when you when someone asks you. When someone asks you, it is it is a privilege. And and you if you know, if you feel a little awkward sharing your story, you may feel like I don't want to impose upon them. But it really is. it's an honor to be asked. And people people want to share their story people want to be known and and that's you know when you share your story you get to be known a little bit better and so um someone in your family i mean think how often even in our own families we don't really know each other's stories um so go ask your parent go ask your uncle aunt you know maybe your significant other um hopefully you know their story but yeah there's still probably aspects that you can come to know better so well, cool. I think that does it for us. Yeah. Thanks I, for listening. I think that does it for our series on stories, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll, they'll keep coming up. Oh, yeah. You can't get away from stories, but no, not, we are storied with, beings. With us being nerds. That's true. <laughs> yes. But thanks again for listening from the Hannah C. Howard Studio. I'm Hutch. And I'm Jackson. You all have a great week.